God's grace, peace, and His mercy be upon you on this 14th Sunday after Pentecost through Jesus Christ our Lord and the Holy Spirit. Amen. It's hard to believe we are nearing the end of the summer of 2022. For many, the great pandemic of 2020 is in the rearview mirror of our lives, but for others, it is not. From long COVID-19 to quiet quitting and now even quiet firing, we feel the intensity and stress. As we return to the office and send kids back to classrooms, we need to ask ourselves two questions. Are any of us emotionally and mentally ready to re-engage fully in life as we knew it almost three years ago? And how do we honor ourselves, our growth, our awakenings over the past two years to sustain and make use of what we've learned, both the positive and the negative lessons during the pandemic? The answers are not easy. And as something seems amiss right now, and it's not just the trauma of the pandemic, we are clinging to our political divisions, our tribes, our anger, our grievances. Honestly, I have never seen my fellow human beings in such obvious disarray. Worse, there is an air of tacit acceptance among us, acceptance of the unacceptable. We're fearful. We know that at any moment, we too can become a statistic. We can lose our own lives or those we love to random acts of violence. We cannot go to the grocery store, to our houses of worship, a movie theater, a 4th of July parade without a palpable fear that we or someone we love can become the targets of some deranged person. If you were to ask me what the solution is to what ails us, I would tell you that it starts with a good, hard look at ourselves. Most people simply do not like that answer. They would rather avoid, duck, deny, and run from the mirror. In our modern world, it has become much easier to point the finger of blame at our parents, our pasts, our unhealed traumas, and all the things that didn't go our way. I wonder, however, how is that working out for us as individuals and collectively as fellow travelers on this journey called life? I think we know the answer. It is not working out well at all. If we want to fix what's broken in our collective humanity, then we must start with what is broken within us. There is no silver bullet, no magic elixir, but if we can find the grace to ask ourselves what it is that we want and, and what we need, then we may find a way forward because it all starts with you and me. And how we treat other people reflects how we are feeling about ourselves. We are tired of the surface living that never dares to go deeper. We're drained from two plus years of COVID, of career shifts and Zoom calls. We crave something more connected, more lasting, and we keep looking for it outside of ourselves where we will never find it. Those are excerpts from an essay for CNN by author Sophia Nelson. And even though her piece is not about sin or the law, she's right on target about both if you frame it in a Christian worldview. For example, in all my time here, I have never seen the people of the church in such disarray. And when it comes to looking at ourselves, 
we would rather avoid, deny, and run from the mirror. That's one of the uses of God's law, isn't it? A mirror, which shows us our failings to obey the commandments and measure up to God's perfect standards of behavior. Miss Nelson is also right about a few other things. We are not okay post-COVID. And she's mostly right when she says, if we want to fix what is broken in our collective humanity, then we must start with what is broken within us. We Christians call that acknowledging our sin and confessing it. And she's also partly right when she says there's no silver bullet or magic elixir when it comes to fixing our broken collective humanity. She may also be right when she says the way we treat others reflects the way we feel about ourselves. That's something to think about, isn't it? Maybe we don't want to think about that. But she's wrong about craving something more connected, more lasting, and never being able to find it outside ourselves. She's wrong because that's where Jesus is to be found. If we look within ourselves, we'll find sin. But Jesus comes to us from the outside and gives his spirit into us. God fixes our broken collective humanity by sending his son, Jesus Christ, to bring hope and eternal life and healing, the healing in which that brings. Healing. Healing is what Sophia Nelson and other writers like her are searching for and writing publicly about. Healing is what we need from an individual level to a national level, maybe even a global level. We need healing of the mind. We need physical healing. We need healing of the soul. Today, our gospel reading from Luke is about a healing which Jesus performed on a Saturday. If you've been in the church for any length of time, you're most likely to be familiar with the woman who had a discharge of blood for 12 years. Remember her? She's the one who ran, followed Jesus, ran behind him to, to even touch the fringe of his garment so that she would be healed. And his power went out of him into her and she was healed. But if the woman who had a disabling spirit for 18 years seems less familiar to you, well, there's a good reason for that. It's not in the common lectionary, so it doesn't get heard on Sundays. Why was it left out? I don't know. My guess is there's plenty of other accounts of healing in the New Testament, which does get heard on Sunday. So, you know, there's only so many Sundays in a three-year cycle. You've got to make room for the other things that Jesus did and said, besides miracles. So let's take today as an opportunity to, look, to take a closer look at this oft-neglected healing. We have Jesus teaching the people in one of the synagogues on the Sabbath. Well, there's nothing really new there, right? He's, we've heard him do that a lot. And there may be a point to him doing it on a, on a Saturday, which we'll get to later. But there was a woman there who had a disabling spirit for 18 years. Notice. Luke says it's a disabling spirit, not an unclean spirit, as we've heard about in many other scenes. Why does Luke describe this particular spirit in this way? Well, like many other eyewitnesses and authors of Scripture, setting up contrasts for you, the hearers, is important. 
It helps get the point across. It emphasizes what we, are, what we need to hear and take in and take to heart. So the contrast here is a spirit of weakness against the Holy Spirit who brings gifts of power and strength. This woman doesn't simply have osteoporosis. She has an evil spirit that's causing her to bend over and not be able to straighten up. And she's been in a chain of bondage to Satan in this way for 18 years. Jesus releases her from this bondage with just a word. Well, a couple of words, right? Woman, you're freed. And that's it. This didn't go down lightly with those who saw it. It didn't happen without some, how do you say it in England? Controversy? <laughs> some controversy? As Luke mentions, it happened on a Saturday when no Jew was supposed to work or do anything like work. So apparently healing people from evil spirits is work. It's church work. It's synagogue work. And according to them, the rulers, you're not supposed to do that. But notice also Jesus' teaching governs his miracles. It's not the other way as we'd expect. We would expect Jesus to do these things and then tell the people his miraculous healings are what he's all about. This is what I've come to do. Heal people in a miraculous way. But it's not like that. When Jesus heals on a Saturday, he's revealing his Saturday theology, his Sabbath theology. They're a prelude to the greatest Saturday miracle of all, his resurrection on Easter. And before you correct me and say, well, that was on Sunday, Pastor. Well, remember, the Sabbath ends at sunrise the next day, and Jesus came out of the tomb before sunrise. So all of his preaching, his healing and teaching and, and preaching in the synagogues on the Sabbath, on the Saturday, foreshadows the preaching and teaching of the church on Sunday, the day of resurrection. Every Sunday in the church is a day of resurrection. Not only of Jesus' resurrection, but yours and mine as well, which is to come. God is the one responsible for making this woman able to stand up straight. It's a gift he gave to her, and she immediately glorified God. What a dynamic moment in the history of God's ministry on earth, isn't it? But our worship in this divine service today is also dynamic in that God gives us his gifts in his word and promise to those who receive it and immediately give glory to God. That's why we're here. That's what happens here. Things are amiss right now. And it's not just the pandemic and its effect. There may be no silver bullet or magic elixir to fix what's broken in us. That is unless... You count Jesus Christ, your Lord and Savior, healer and great physician, as your remedy. Then, standing upright after having been freed from the bondage to sin and Satan through your baptism, you, along with all the saints, can immediately glorify God. Amen.